One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 165. Today, I have something really, really special for you. And that is a conversation with a small business owner who's just starting out, Corinne Monaco, the artist and owner behind Just Peachy Illustration. In this coaching style conversation, we talk about where Corinne is at now with her business, why she's focusing on wholesale, and together we came up with a step-by-step plan of action for her next few months focusing on wholesale. We're going to check in with her in 90 days and see how our plans panned out. Talk about accountability. But first, more about Corinne. Just Peachy Illustration is a project born from Corinne's love for all of the local seasonal bounty in the Pacific Northwest. After five plus years straddling both the art and agriculture worlds, in the fields and out, she accumulated quite a collection of fruit and veggie illustrations. Never one to waste food, she decided to put these drawings to good use in the form of paper goods, starting with greeting cards. And for the last many months, Corinne has also been the producer here at Making Good, editing episodes, working with the amazing guests we have on the show, and generally keeping us organized and on track. I think this episode is going to be a great listen for anyone who's interested in what it looks like to get started with wholesale for their product-based business. Although even seasoned business owners who sell wholesale, I think we'll still learn something from this episode. And even if you don't do anything related to wholesale, Corinne is just delightful. And I think you'll love getting to know her through this episode. Here is my conversation with Corinne. Corinne, welcome to Making Good. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for having me on. This is a big first in the world of making good because Corinne is normally the one kind of behind the scenes. She helps me with editing and getting things pushed out, but we are having her actually on the show today. So I am so excited for this conversation. Um, What we're going to do, and we'll see how it goes. This is totally an experiment, but the plan is to talk about Corinne's own business and kind of give her some advice for the direction that she's looking to head in. And hopefully um, she's just kind of early stage in her business. I know a lot of the listeners are in the same place. So my hope is that the conversation that we have can be also useful to you listening as well, especially if you're interested in wholesale. So Before we sort of dig into exactly where you're at and what your goals are and all that good stuff, Corinne, I'd love for you just to give an introduction to yourself, both in terms of like what you do for this podcast, but also probably more importantly for the purposes of today's conversation is what is your business? 
Yeah. Um, it's so funny being on this side of the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, for you and for this podcast, I help edit the podcast. I help produce the podcast, um, get guests booked, um, make sure everything runs smoothly. And then when I'm not doing this, I have a million other jobs, one of which <laughs> is <laughs> starting my own business called Just Peachy Illustration. Um, it is a paper goods business that is vegetable pun forward, <laughs> yes. I would say. Um, and it's inspired by my background in farming and food. I used to be a farmer eons ago. Um, and just my love for all of the beautiful bounty in the Pacific Northwest. Yay. Yes. And they're so fun. Can you share just like a few of the sayings that are on the front of them? Oh yeah, I mean, I think one of the most pop- one of the most popular ones is a drawing I did of like a autumn gourd, you know, like the decorative gourds you put out. Yeah, like a squash. Yeah, like a squash, and it says, "Hello, gorgeous." <laughs> it's so great. People, or have an apricot one that's like, "Are you apricot my eye?" <laughs> or the dahlia. Yeah. Hello, darling. <laughs> yes, they're like very good vegetable slash produce slash plant puns. Um, <laughs> like very good. And we actually will talk about wholesale a little bit, but my store, Station 7, is proud to be the first stockist of Just PG Illustration. And so we've been carrying for the last, I guess, few weeks, maybe a month now, yeah. Corinne's cards in particular and... They are, they just like, it's really fun to watch people go up and just chuckle at them and pick them up and buy them. So they are, they're lovely. And if, tell folks just if they're listening and they want to go check you out while they're listening, where can they find you online? Yeah. So I'm, my website is just peachyillustration.com and my Instagram is just peachyillustration.com but with underscores between each word. I'm not sure the best way to say that. So just underscore peachy underscore illustration. Yes. Amazing. Okay, go check her out because they're delightful and her reels are really funny also. So go check her in out while you're listening. But I would love like what in terms of this conversation, what would be the ideal outcome for you? Yeah, so I think I have like a very general goal for the business. And I think I'm just trying to figure out the like order of operations <laughs> to get there. I think in many ways, mo- mostly honestly from working on this podcast and listening to you, Lauren, I think I have a very good idea of the steps I need to take, but not what order to do them in. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I feel like there's just like an organizational issue happening <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. one of the things that I think a lot of people are going to relate to, I certainly relate to, is that you have a lot of irons in the fire. Um, so yeah. like, you know, you're not just working on this full time. You work with me. Um, you have a big life change. Like she's moving states. Um mm-hmm. There's some other like jobs in there too. So there's a lot to manage. So I totally feel for you there. And I can relate to that a lot. Um, 
I think one thing before we sort of dig into the process, I know that one of your goals, which we've alluded to is to focus on wholesale and wholesale for anyone listening who may not know is when you're not only selling your products like through your website directly to buyers, but wholesale is when you sell it to stores or other businesses who then resell them. And typically with wholesale, you sell them at about 50% margin. So if Corinne sells her cards for, let's say, well, actually, why don't you just tell me? I don't remember. Is it $250 or $3 wholesale? It was $250. Okay. It is 250. So she sells her cards for 250 each wholesale. That would be $5 for customers and I can then sell them to customers at my store for $5. So that's a very broad um, surface level explanation of what wholesale is. I know that wholesale is kind of your big focus and I would love for you to explain why that is because I think that's a really interesting decision you've made that just the logic in my mind, is very smart, but I think it'd be good to explain to others listening why that's your focus. Yeah, I think the, well, at least for the paper goods, which is completely what the business is at this point, um, it just makes a little bit more sense to try to sell such low cost items in bulk to businesses. I think that's a big part of it. I think another part of it is that I'm not sure it really occurs to people to like look for individual greeting cards online and order them and have them shipped to them. I think getting them out in front of eyes is probably the best way, or at least mm-hmm. a way that makes the most sense to me um, to get them out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of my logic. And I think just also from a, like you said, I've got a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of plates spinning all at the same time. And I think, you know, if I just did a bunch of direct to consumer sales, I'd be spending all my time packaging orders. Um, and I love to not do that also. So it's kind of a combination of things. Yeah. And I think what you said, that's just something for folks to think about is when you do have a product that is a lower price point per individual item, like greeting cards. I myself have a greeting cards business. And so I can totally relate to this. Like if I sell one greeting card through my website, that's a lot of like processing time for one low dollar amount sale. Not that I'm not super grateful for it, but it's just, right. It's a little bit harder to like earn that, I guess to get that like critical mass, I guess, of revenue that is going to like make your business sustainable. It requires a lot more individual sales. And the thing about grading cards is that not only are they a low dollar amount, they are also like pretty high margin. So you're not like, at least the grading cards you make and the ones I make are not each one individually made. So -hmm. it's really easy to scale in that sense. Like you design it once and then you can just print it thousands and thousands of times And that makes it really easy to do something like wholesale where the margin is a lot lower because you're selling it at 50%. So I just want to say this to say, like, if you're listening to this, um, the wholesale going all in on wholesale, if your product is a higher price point or it takes a lot of time to make each individual one, you may not want to focus so fully on wholesale the way that Corinne is. Um, But given her specific business and the fact that she can produce each 
additional item at a pretty low cost, I think it makes a ton of sense. So, so you're focusing on wholesale and what we're going to be doing with this series is just talking about marketing and growing Corinne's business. And we're going to check in every few months and share that with you here. So I would love for you to follow along with the podcast and like follow along with these conversations. We are also going to be holding Corinne accountable because she's sharing this with everyone. And now she's going to have to report back in three months, like how she did. Um, So that's pretty powerful accountability. And yeah. And yeah, follow along with Corinne too. And like, she does a really great job of kind of sharing her process and like what she's working on. And it's really fun to follow along with her. So um, we're working in about 90 day sprints here because the next time that we'll talk on the podcast will be about 90 days from now. So I would love to just go through a process of like, let's make your goals and figure out what we're doing to move toward them. So in 90 days from now, what would you want to have accomplished by then? Well, okay. There's another piece to this that I feel like I should also mention, mm-hmm. which is that my like overall goal is to have the paper goods side of the business, but also expand to printed things on tote bags and oven mitts and sort of kitchen goods. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess shorter term, my goal in the next 90 days would be to get my paper goods in more stores so that I can use the revenue from that to start paying for things like getting tote bags and kitchen towels printed. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. So do we want to aim for a number of stores that from 90 days from now you will have made your first order to. Yes. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> okay. Um, and we'll talk about the strategies that are involved with getting wholesale accounts and we'll kind of dig into what that's going to look like for Corinne and for anyone else listening. But what feels like a good achievable starting point? I mean, Given And I would say, especially given the amount of bandwidth that you have, because you are moving, you have other stuff, you have a lot of other stuff. So do you want to throw something out there? Do you want me to? Yeah, well, I've already started researching other stores because my business license is in Washington. I think I probably need to get another one for Oregon. Um, But right now I have a list of like 40 stores that mm-hmm. I can reach out to. Um, awesome. Are we thinking, just to clarify, are we thinking a goal of stores to reach out to, or is the goal like I'm going to get this product into these stores within 90 days? Well, I think both. Like the goal okay. is something that we have not 100% full control over, but we can do everything right. we can to move toward it. So my thinking was like, let's get, let's have five accounts. Within 90 days. Great. You've got one. So I've got one. You got you need four more. Um, which in my mind is gonna require more than 40 stores to, to reach out to. Um okay. but 40 is a very good start, especially if there's stores that you have like researched, it sounds like, and you know they're good fits. So let's aim for five, but we'll come up with like what is the process to get there and it's gonna be like a number of stores that we'll have to reach out to. Great. So we want five stores. Um, 
in the next 90 days. So the next time you hear from us, our goal is for Corinne to have gotten to five stores. Now let's talk about how to make that happen. So one thing that I just want to call everyone's attention to is that as we have this conversation, we're going to be talking about marketing strategies to help her reach that goal of five star stores. And we're going to design the marketing strategies very specifically to that specific goal. We're not just going to say like, okay, how many times do you want to post on Instagram? If Instagram isn't actually what tends to lead to getting wholesale accounts. So I just want to kind of like raise this point for everyone that when you have goals, you can design your marketing and you should design your marketing specifically toward meeting those goals, not in a way that's like, okay, well, everyone else is posting on Instagram. So that's definitely what I should be doing. In this case, what leads to wholesale accounts, which we'll talk about, is not generally just posting on social media. It's actually other stuff. So we are going to focus her limited time and energy on the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to getting wholesale accounts, what what's kind of on your list and like your mind for kinds of activities to consider? Um, well, <laughs> my only uh, strategy at the moment for getting wholesale accounts was to create a line sheet um, and like email them to the stores and ask mm-hmm. them to please consider me yeah. as a product in their store. That, that's like as far as I've gotten. <laughs> that's a very, very good strategy. Um, cool. So yes, like we said, like when it comes to if her goal is to get stores to decide to buy from her, we are going to pick activities that are very likely to lead to that. And one of them is sending emails, pitch emails. And I know that you would do it this way, but I just want to say it for everyone else. A pitch email is not a copy paste template that gets sent to a thousand stores at a time. Um, That's not going to work. And I can tell you from being on the receiving end of a lot of pitches, like I own a store and I get a lot of pitches and the ones that I can tell were copy pasted to a lot of other places too. Like that's a no, there's like, they put no effort into that. I can tell. So I know that I just, I know you Corinne. So I know that you would do it very thoughtfully, but I just want to put that out there. Um, We are going to pick stores that we think would genuinely be a really good fit for your product so that you can articulate that in your pitch email. Like, hi, I'm Corinne. This is my business. I love your store. This is why. And this is why I think our my products would be a great fit for um, for your store. I think so. What I like to think about is like when it comes to cold pitching in terms of email for wholesale accounts, I just want to set the expectation that it's a lot of emails that you'll send. And it's a lot of people that you're not going to hear anything back from. It's a lot of people you're going to hear a no from. And it's Mm -hmm. a very small amount that you're going to hear a yes from. So in order to get four new accounts, I would say for each one, that's probably like a minimum of like 50 outreach. Okay. That makes sense. Um, that's pretty cool because that means now I only need to find 10 more stores to add to my list, which is makes me feel really good. <laughs> well, for one, 
Oh, right? for one. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I think you actually probably need a target list of at least 200 stores. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> um, okay, you great. might have a much better track record. And like for me, I think it's like the quality of your pitch, the quality of the leads that you come up with, like how actually good of a fit are the kinds of stores that you're reaching out to. That's going to like the better the fit is and the better your pitch, the better your track record will be. If you know what I mean? Like it may take you less than 50 if you have a good pitch and you're reaching out to like perfect fit stores. Um, But I would aim for a list of about 200 stores to start with. Great. Um, That makes sense. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Sorry. Of course. Yeah. Um, I don't know 200 stores. <laughs> yeah. What is, what have you found to be a good strategy for finding all of these stores? A very good question. So there's so many ways to do this. Um, let's start with what kinds of stores are you actually approaching? So we know that your first account is with my store, Station 7, which is a like gift and local goods shop in Seattle. What kinds of other stores are you going to go after? Is it going to be mostly like independent gift shops or have you thought through that? Yeah, um, I have. I think most of the stores on my now measly 40 <laughs> uh, long list <laughs> is I ha- I've reached out to a lot of food co-ops because I feel like vegetable puns would really land at food co-ops. Yeah. Um, or I haven't reached out to have them on my list. Definitely a lot of independent stores like Station 7, gift shops that feature local makers. Um, I've also got quite a few bookstores on the list, like small independent bookstores, I think, mm-hmm. would be a good audience. Um but definitely, and I've been looking around for like smaller kitchen supply stores um, or cooking stores. I think that, you know, some of my vegetable puns can be pretty specific. Like I've got one just for delicata squash. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I feel like my audience are people that like to cook and care about where their food comes from. Um, so that's mm-hmm. sort of where my mindset is while searching. Okay. So I think that's a really great starting point. I love that you're thinking about food co-ops. That was actually on my mind is like food co-ops and or independent grocery stores or like specialty food stores. Um, Independent stores, bookstores. I like that. Another thing to consider would be nurseries and like garden stores, garden places. Yeah. Um, so in fact, and that's my stationery is very different from Curran's, but it's plants oriented. It's like a lot of flowers and, and greenery. And my stuff does really well at either nurseries or like plant supply stores because it's like that audience. So we would definitely look at nurseries and garden centers, um, and even plant shops. And then I I really like the idea of kitchen stores. Okay. So this is a really, really good list. And I think I have a great strategy for you to come up with a lot of more stores. So basically you have the different kinds of stores that you're looking for now. 
Now we're going to look by location. So I think when it comes to small independent brands, your best bet is always going to be local because Mm -hmm. especially in the Pacific Northwest, like we really like buying from local businesses. It's just kind of like a shared value that a lot of business owners have here. So I would be looking city by city and doing like tons of Google searches. So I would be searching best nurseries in Portland, best plant shops in Portland, best kitchen stores in Portland, best food co-ops in Portland. And then, you know, what's somewhere near Portland, best kitchen shops in Lake Oswego. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yet. (laughs) Best kitchen shops in Central Oregon, best kitchen shops in Vancouver, Washington. You know, like really just pick up the main cities within like a state, basically, of where you live. Make a whole big list of those cities and then search by each of these different types of shop that you're looking for. Okay. Um, I'm taking notes while we're talking. (laughs) Yes. Well, as you know, this is recorded, so you can always go back too. But yeah, I think that's going to be a great tool. I've done that with garden centers. So there's this, there's, there are lists of like the best garden centers in the world or in the country. There's like a one top 100 list. And I went through that and like added a lot of them to my target list. Um, So that'd be one strategy that I really love is like the geographic location times niche, like exploration. The other would be to think about another bigger business, not big, but like a bigger small business who has a similar audience to you. And I'm not necessarily talking about like a competitor, but like, let's see, you sell greeting cards for like people who like to cook. So, or like people who like respect food and like to cook, let's say. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe one type of competitor you could look to would be someone who sells something to, not competitor, sorry, another business, one other type of business who you could look at would be someone who also sells to those types of stores. So maybe someone who makes something kitchen goods related. Um, Go to their website and look at their stockists. Okay. Oh, that's a good idea. This is kind of like, this is probably the, like the golden ticket of all. This is like my favorite thing to do is look at the <laughs> stockists of people who also sell to your same customer, but aren't your competitor. And that's basically like a pre-made target list for you because they've proven that they buy from those people. And if you think the same types of people with like both products, then that's a really good starting point. Wow, that's brilliant. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, it's, I don't know where I, if I came up with that, or I know other people do it too. If I learned that from someone, I wish I could credit them if I did, because it is kind of the magic, the magic tip is to do that. Um, so between those two strategies, I feel like you'll have a huge list, like a never ending list, in fact. <laughs> so we can easily get to 200 that way. Um, then, I think, and I guess I just want to back up a little bit. I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but I know that the goal is ultimately to be making these wholesale sales in order to fund like product development and other types of products. Um, Like you want to be selling kitchen towels and things like that. 
I just want to say that, like, let's focus just on wholesale for the next 90 days. Like, that stuff is great. You can, like, play around and design and do all that kind of stuff. But in terms of actions, I just want to stay more narrowly focused on this so that we don't get distracted. Great. That's why I've been only talking about wholesale so far. I realized I hadn't explained that. (laughs) So, great. Okay, so first we're going to build that list up to about 200 shops. And then we have 90 days that we need to reach out to these folks within. Um, I would probably try to front load it so that you could do, you know, within the next, let's say, 45 days, month and a half, Mm -hmm. try to do your first outreach to all those people. Okay. Um, all 200 of them. Yeah. Okay. If that's possible, you know your schedule. Yeah. I will do my best to make that, make yeah. that happen. Well, and if it takes longer than six weeks, let's say, like it does, I just want to give you a chance to follow up with people because a lot of times right. follow up is actually where the magic happens. So let's just say, actually, let's say within the next, the first two months, so the first 60 days. Okay. We're, we're going to reach out to all 200 shops. Great. That actually feels more doable okay. for my life. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Thank you for your... I, I tend to go all out, so I need to be restrained sometimes. No, I know. I love that about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So in the next 60 days, we are going to do the first outreach to these shops. And you are going to do a thoughtful, very like custom emails for each one. Mm -hmm. I would say another thing you could do is start engaging with these folks online in some capacity. Um, This isn't a requirement, but I would like, you know, when you're done making the list, just go follow everyone on Instagram, let's say Mm -hmm. um, at minimum. So that like, I actually do pay attention to this. Like if I get a pitch from someone who's like, I love your, you know, we've been following you for so long and like, we love this and this and this. And then I go look at them and they're not actually following us. I'm like, Hmm, like that seems a little bit inauthentic. So, um, that's something I would pay attention to is like, at least make sure you're following them. And like, if you have time to engage and like, like their stuff or respond to their DMS or just like do that kind of early stage relationship building, it's, only going to help you but I realize we have limited time and bandwidth but I would say if you did have unlimited bandwidth my tip would be to try to engage with them on social media a little bit before you reach out um just so you can start to kind of like be remembered a little bit and that Um, but by engagement on social media you mm -hmm. mean like liking posts at minimum and like sliding in their dms at maximum or Yeah. Yeah, What do you mean by that? I think liking at minimum, although that's like, I don't even necessarily notice who likes my things really anymore. So I would say more higher value engagement activities would be like leaving a comment or, and it could be as simple as, you know, if it's an independent kitchen shop that posts like, I don't know, a sourdough recipe, your comment doesn't have to be like, you don't have to bring it back to your product. You can just be like, oh my gosh, mouthwatering. This looks so good. You know, just mm-hmm. like being a human and thinking about when anyone who's creating content on social media wants 
something. They want engagement, you know? Right. Um, so totally. giving that to people, basically, no matter how big they are, like they're, they want comments. They want people to respond to their DMs. They want likes. They want you to, sh- you know, you could say, you could share their things to your stories if you're like, um, you know, this garden center is having this incredible sale right now. Like, tag them in it, like go check it out. Just any way that you can kind of throw some love their way. Mm. It won't go unnoticed. Um, I don't know if you need to be like really formulaic about this, but just organically when you see things that you can engage with or share or just kind of like, what would you want people to do with your content as, as much as you could do that for them? Mm. I think that will only help. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And sounds very doable because I'm scrolling on Instagram anyway, so I may as well (laughs) do this. And what I've done that I'm going to be honest and say, I I usually don't stick with this, but maybe you would or someone else listening would. So I'll just share it as an option is making a list somewhere of like all the links Mm. and then just clicking the links and saying, okay, like I'm going to do 20 minutes of engaging on like potential stockist account and then just click link by link. Like what's their most recent post comment on it, respond to their stories, whatever. Um, so you could have a, a list somewhere of the links so that it's just really easy to find and you kind of have it in one feed. Mm -hmm. I've done this many times and like, I don't tend to stick to it. So that's just me, but (laughs) it would be a good thing to stick to if you were inclined to. Um, yeah. I mean, I already have the, spreadsheet I made a spreadsheet of yay yeah I have we a spreadsheet, spreadsheet. <laughs> I'm on my way yeah um, but I, I do have a spreadsheet so it seems like that could be a pretty easy place to incorporate those links mm-hmm. yeah totally. in the, as we're talking about wholesale one thing I would consider and I guess I just want to feel out how you feel about this would be fair oh yeah So FAIR, for those listening, F-A-I-R-E, is a wholesale platform. And it's I kind of compare it to basically like Etsy, but for wholesale. So if you are a store owner, you can set up an account and search like, you know, vegetable greeting cards. If I search that, hopefully, Corinne, if she was on FAIR, her business would come up. And I think it's a good option. If you're interested in setting up an account with them, I would actually recommend it for a couple of reasons. One, it's an, it's a way to be found by people who wouldn't otherwise find you. I've gotten Mm -hmm. actually most of my recent accounts because I've not been putting a ton of effort into Gojila wholesale right now. Most of my recent accounts have come from fair, not from me pitching them. Mm. Um, so that's one positive. And another positive is it's a really positive experience for buyers to be able to use the fair platform for transactions. So even if you pitch someone, like let's say you pitched me and I didn't find you on fair. I only learned about you because you sent me an email. I could still use your link and pay through fair. And then it's like a very positive, easy experience for me to like know when my products are coming and tracking. Like it's just it's very systematized in a way that's really convenient for buyers. If you send me your unique link. So if I buy because I clicked your link, fair doesn't take a commission. 
if someone finds you oh. through searching on fair, they do take a commission. So oh, I was wondering about that. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So I just would recommend it if you're willing to. It's really a matter of like, you kind of have to like set up your storefront, add photos for each of your products. It's probably half a day's work to like get it all set up. But once you do, I think it's a good thing to have and to uh, to be able to offer people that you're pitching like, by the way, if you're unfair, you can use our direct link here. So that'd be something to think about if you're unfair. I have like maybe a dumb question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I know that one critique of fair is is the commission that they charge mm-hmm. that you mentioned. I think someone mentioned it was like twenty five percent. Is that so? It's twenty five percent on the first sale. Okay. So on the first sale from a new customer, and then fifteen percent after that. Okay, so yeah, it's not ideal, yeah, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) But it's like if they're only gonna find you through fair, like they wouldn't have ever come across you otherwise. To me, with my margins, it's still worth it. There are gonna be businesses who like it does not make sense for them to be unfair because it costs them too much to make their product, and they wouldn't make any money if they did it that way. So, the great question because it is worth thinking about. but if you can make the margins work with the commission, which my guess is that you can, um, maybe not, but my guess is that you can, given your product category, yeah. then I think it's a good option. Okay, great. That's definitely something I'll look into. Um, I have a follow-up, maybe dumb question. Mm-hmm. I love dumb questions. <laughs> Just, they're not dumb, though. <laughs> they're like newbie, noob questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, do people... I'm guessing the answer is probably no, but do people like adjust their rate, their like pricing to account for the commission that fair takes, or is that like bad form? That it would be bad form to have different prices on fair than you do elsewhere. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. But that it could make sense to just adjust your prices overall to make it work. Um, so a lot of people, when they start their businesses, they price not thinking about the fact that they want to sell wholesale at some point, but then when they realize they want to sell wholesale in order to make the numbers work, they have to increase all their prices all around. And that, that happens. So Mm. it could be that you're like, you know what, actually I need to sell my cards for $3 each instead of two fifty. Right. It's a very good time to to make that change right now when you're so early on, if that's true for you, but yeah. You know, you can make that change anytime. If you need to raise your prices, you need to raise your prices. But it's very, it's especially easy to do when you don't have a lot of existing customers who are expecting it to be a certain price. Right. And I can tell you, like, as a buyer of your products, like, they will sell easily at at my store and at the kinds of stores in the Northwest that I think you'll mostly sell to, to start off with at least, they will easily sell for $6. So sure, I wouldn't hold back there. Okay, cool. That's good to know. Um, do you think I should incorporate that into my 90-day plan, creating a FAIR account? Um, I think that's like a, a nice-to-have for me. I pref- Like my preference is that we do all 200 of the outreach. That's like my number one priority. Okay. If the FAIR can also happen, great. 
Um, and it might be worth even, I don't really know what the model is now. If they still, I think it's still technically like application only. So you, you might want to just at least get your application in. Okay. Um, but yeah, to me, the bigger priority is going to be to be doing the outreach and like trying to get that going. One other thing I want to say about the outreach is we've talked about like a tiny bit already is that follow-up is really, really important. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like you're not even going to get any response until you follow up. And so having a schedule for yourself for follow-up is going to be critical. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's like one week or two weeks after your initial outreach email, you have another email that goes out to them that you send out automatic. Like you just have some mechanism in your Google sheet that reminds you based on the original outreach email, when is the follow-up going out? Okay. Um, that's so, so important. I can't tell you how many emails I just like miss because there's a lot of emails coming in. And then I don't see until someone says, Hey, like just wanted to check in. Let me know if you have any questions. I think a good thing with follow-up if you want can be if you have something extra to say. So for example, like I was thinking about it and I feel like these three products would be like an especially good fit for your store or, Mm. um, I'm, I'm so excited about your shop. If you want me to send over some samples, I'd be happy to like having something extra to say in your follow-up can be helpful. Um, but yeah, I would suggest following up no sooner than a week. Like don't follow up two days later and be like, I haven't gotten a response because people do that. And it's really annoying. Yeah. (laughs) I would say like a week to two weeks would be a good time frame for that. For you just said, um, in follow-ups kind of have something extra to say. An example being, here's a few items I think would work really well in your store. Um, Mm -hmm. Do, like I have a ton of different designs for my cards. So do I put all of those designs in the initial line sheet that I send? Or should I kind of customize my line sheet per store? No. No, okay. Line sheets are generally not customized. And everything goes on them. Everything you sell is on there. So like everything you want to be selling, anything you would have on your website, for example, would be on your line sheet. Having said that, if there, oh, I just want to say that there are businesses who they can only wholesale some of their products for price reasons or for other reasons. So sometimes like, for example, maybe... I know you also have vinyl stickers. Maybe the vinyl stickers just don't make sense to mm. wholesale. So they might be on your regular website, but they wouldn't be on your wholesale line sheet. But the line sheet should have like everything that is for sale wholesale should be on the line sheet. Okay, great. I wasn't sure if there was an issue with it being like too long, <laughs> like too much scrolling. I don't know. <laughs> or- yeah, no. Okay. I think you could have... Um, if you wanted, you could have a PDF that was like your best sellers. That was just one page that, mm. you know, and that could be something to follow up with is like a, a PDF with a few pictures of like your best sellers mm. to point people's direction to or point people's attention to. But um, the line sheet is considered to be like, what are the options basically? Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else about what you need to get done in the next 90 days? Okay. 
Well, let's see. To recap, what we have so far is I'm going to expand my contact list to 200 businesses. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make first contact with all 200 of those businesses in the next 60 days Mm -hmm. and also start engaging with them on Instagram. Um, I also made a TikTok, which is kind of funny. So maybe I'll try to find them on TikTok. Yeah. Um, And then uh, a week after that initial contact, send a follow-up to people Mm -hmm. that I haven't heard back from. Mm -hmm. And if there's time in there, start setting up a fair account. Mm -hmm. That's what I have on my list. Yeah. Okay. That's great. And I just want to say here, one thing that we didn't talk about is like Mm. posting an Instagram post every day. Oh, yeah. Or like sending an email, a marketing email, which I am obsessed with email marketing. You know I'm into that. I I know that about you. (laughs) But I guess like I want to make sure that these things are the top priority. You know? The the list I just said? The list you just said is number one top marketing priority. If there's time to post on social media, great. If there's time to send an email, great. But like that stuff shouldn't happen at the expense of this list because we know what your goal is. And these are the things that we talk, this, the list of targets, the personal outreach, all that is what is actually going to move you toward that goal. So I just want to put that there. Cause I think it's very easy to spend a ton and I'm not talking to you specifically, Corinne. Mm-hmm. This is mostly for everyone listening. It's easy to spend time on social media. It's easy to spend like most of your marketing time on social media. That's not necessarily what will actually do anything for you right. in terms of wholesale in particular. So yes, we have our priorities. Cool. I wonder cool. if there's ways to like fold in some of these other things. Like when I reach out to potential wholesale accounts, maybe I can include a link where they can sign up for my email list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's like, I don't know, helpful. <laughs> I think I wouldn't lead with that. And here's why I mm. think if they go on your email list, they're going to get communications that are designed unless you have a separate wholesale email list, which some people do, but it's kind of more advanced. Mm. Um, if they just get added to your email list, they're going to be receiving emails designed for like their regular customer who's buying like one card at a time. Mm. Um, also in terms of asking people to take an action, we typically want them to take like one action. (laughs) (laughs) So like if the option is respond to this email or sign up for my email, my mailing list or make an order with me or sign up for my mailing list. Like I would give them one thing to do each time. Generally. Um, I think the place where it could make sense is if they say, you know, not right now, we're not interested in expanding our line right now, but we think your stuff is cool. Um, you could respond and say, totally get it. Like if you're interested in being in the loop, when I release new things, like you can sign up here for the newsletter and like also do you mind if I follow back up in a few months um that might be a good time for that but yeah I would not give too many options of things to do when we know exactly what we want them to do Mm. is to respond you know so Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense totally I think you know there it's 
it will help you in some ways to stay somewhat active on social media so that if when you're reaching out to these people, they go check you out on social media, they see that like, you know, you're still in business, like you, right. you, you're doing something now and then there. But so that's, that's a nice to have too. But again, the priority I think is on the outreach. Mm. Awesome. That all sounds really doable. So I'm Yay. psyched. Yeah. I'm feeling psyched. I'm like, <laughs> now I'm going to get to chase you about this and be like, okay, we are one month in. How many outreach have we done? Um, <laughs> do you want to, like, would you be cool sharing some updates with me so that I can share and update people between episodes? Yeah. Occasionally? Totally. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Definitely. So follow me and also Corinne and we'll keep you posted on how she's doing on these. Anything else on the, the goals and whatnot before we do some of the wrap up questions that we ask all of our guests? <laughs> um, I think, I think I feel great. You're so good Yay. at explaining all of this stuff. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, and obviously this is an experiment. Um, we'll keep, we'll do a few episodes of this at least. So let us know how you like this listener. Um, and if you found this useful, um, I think anyone, especially interested in wholesale, I think this is going to be a good one for in particular, but Thank you for being my guinea pig for this, Corinne. This is really fun. Yeah, no problem. Um, Let's talk about some of the wrap-up questions that all of the guests on the podcast get to answer. Um, First question is, how do you approach doing good through your small business? Well, this is probably um, a whole other episode's worth of conversation. (laughs) Eventually, what I'd really like to do is be able to donate a percentage of my income from this business towards like farm worker advocacy organizations Mm. that I follow. Um, Love. So I guess eventually talking about how to make that happen. Um, But yeah, that's another goal of mine. Yeah. Just peachy illustration. Beautiful. Um, What is the book recommendation? Um. I just read this book called The Art of Gathering, How We Meet and Why It Matters by Priya Parker. Um, I have this on my bookshelf. I'm so excited that you said this. Okay. I I have not read it yet. Yeah. I was like, there's no way. This book, I feel like, has been chasing me. Everyone I know has read it. I was like, Lauren has probably definitely heard of this book. Um, I started reading it because... Amongst the bajillion things I have going on, I'm also planning my wedding. (laughs) And my one friend who just got married said she wished that she'd read it before she had gotten married. And as I was reading through it, I was like, there's actually probably a lot in here that's applicable to marketing for small businesses, too. Um, It's definitely about like in-person gathering and social dynamics. But also, I think there's a lot in there that could be used um, in a marketing setting. So I'm excited to talk to you about it, Lauren, because I feel like okay. there's a lot in I'm there. so excited to read it now. Also, we're doing like a making good happen in person event at some point this year. So yeah, I, I, I must, I must read it. I'm going to go read it very soon. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, what is one small business that you admire? Um, there are so many, but I just like to shout out the small farms that I yeah. and small farmers that I know. One of my closest friends um, 
has a farm called Rising Sign Farm that's based in Washington. She has a CSA that's incredible. You should check her out. Um, she is a sustainable farm. She's a one or two person show. <laughs> um, and she does a lot of awesome advocacy and community building around her business. So definitely check Amazing. out Rising Sign Farm. Um, she's just a gem of it. Emma, sure, is the farmer's name. She's a gem of a human being. So Love. I am yeah. very excited to check that out and link to Rising Sign Farm. Um, Corinne, what a blast this has been. Yeah, Tell this is so again. fun where they can find you and connect with you and get to know you more. Yeah. Um, so my website is just peachy illustration.com and my Instagram is just underscore peachy underscore illustration. I, like I said, I just started TikTok. <laughs> I can't remember what the handle is, but I myself will include it in the show notes. There's nothing on there at all right now. Um, but multiple people but follow along get on there. Yeah, follow it's along. Gonna Maybe be I'll good. post something. Yeah. <laughs> I just have yeah. to say, Corinne has a way with like the short form video. It's it's like very. Um, it's just like funny in a very sweet way. So go watch, go watch. Yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Karen, thank you so much for being the guinea pig for like being so open about your business and like the plans that you're making. And also obviously for everything you do on this podcast, I am so grateful and I can't wait to get this out there. Yay. Thanks Lauren. This has been so much fun. So there you have it. Our first ever one-on-one -on -one session on making good. I am so grateful to Corinne for being so open with me in this conversation and really letting us all behind the scenes in her business. I can't wait for an update in a few months. You can bet that that'll be shared here as well in another episode. Now, this is a brand new format for us at Making Good, and I would really love to hear what you think of it. You can DM me on Instagram at Lauren Tilden. And while you're on Instagram, be sure to also connect with Corinne. Her account is just underscore peachy underscore illustration. You can find more links to her website, her recommendations, and more on the show notes page at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 165. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful to have your support. Here are three ways that you can give back to Making Good. One, I would be so honored if you'd leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to subscribe and follow. Two, if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the podcast, send them the link. Today's episode can be found at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 165. And finally, I would love for you to take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilden, as well as Corinne at just underscore peachy underscore illustration. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.